Hello, I'm Derek Walker. I'm the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. Today I want to share with you about rooting out bitterness from our heart. Colossians 2, verse 6, it says, As therefore you have received Jesus Christ as Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in thanksgiving. I want you to notice that we, it all starts by receiving Jesus as Lord, surrendering to him as Lord. And, but then we are to, that's when we are rooted in him. But now we are to grow up like this plant that's been rooted. And we, are, we do that as we walk in him. And it says we're built up in him. And we have to walk out that surrender. We surrendered to him, but now we have to walk it out in detail. And that's by receiving his word. He says, being established in the faith, in the word of God, as you have been taught. And so as we put the word of God into practice, as we receive it and do it, we are bringing each different part of our life into surrender to his lordship. Jesus said the same thing in, in John 8. He said, if you abide in my word, you're my disciples indeed, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. You'll, you'll be set free from sin, set free from self. In other words, as we receive God's word in every area, we surrender to his will in our life. We submit to it and we bring it, that part of our heart and life, under his authority. And then his power, every, any part we submit to him, his life, his power can fill that and make us strong and set us free. Well, Two things in particular we need to surrender to the Lord are things and people. Things is really surrendering the things of our life. When they become too important to us, we start to worry about them because they're too important compared to God. And the Bible says we must cast our cares on the Lord. We must surrender those things to God. But really I want to talk today again about the importance of surrendering people to God, especially people who've hurt you, who've upset you who've sinned against you. If we fail to do that, surrender them to God, release them to God, forgive them. If we don't do this, we'll be cut off from the grace of God in our life. Hebrews 12:15 is our basic scripture today. It says, looking carefully, we must be careful, diligent, lest anyone, anyone can fall into the trap of unforgiveness and bitterness. Lest anyone fall short of the grace of God lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. So he's warning against a root of bitterness coming into our heart, troubling us and, and causing defilement to other people through us. And he says if we allow this root of bitterness in us, we will fall short of the grace of God. We'll be cut off from the grace of God because that bitterness will harden our heart in that area and we won't be able to receive the grace of God. This word for looking diligently is the word for episkopos, which means to oversee. It's the word for a bishop, an overseer. In other words, we have the responsibility to guard our heart. We are in charge. Your heart is like a garden and you're in charge of it, of whether you let the flowers grow there the good fruit to grow there, or whether you let the weeds grow there. It's your responsibility. You can't control always what happens to you in life, but you can control how you respond to that. The Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. And so you are responsible to control what is going on in your heart. 
The quality of your life depends on what you allow to grow in your heart. Do you let bad seeds fester and grow and put down roots that become bad attitudes? Or are you letting the good fruit grow in your heart? Well, the two, two kinds of bad seeds that can grow in your heart. The first one is anxiety and worry. And this again is because rather than surrendering things to God, we try and control everything in our own strength. We hold on to it in our mind. And when we choose to love God more than those things, Jesus said, your heart is where your treasure is. And so to re you need to release those things, let them go and trust them to God. And then that's actually an act of surrender. Peter says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. It's an act of surrender that you, he may exalt you in due time, casting all the, your care on him for he cares for you. So when you cast your care on him, you're surrendering those things to God. You're putting them into God's hands. And when you surrender to God, those thoughts, those anxious thoughts to God, and let go of your pride that you've got to control it all, then God's peace, his presence, his assurance can fill your heart because you've put it in his hands. And his assurance tells you he has those things now under control. And that's what Philippians says, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, which comes from the spiritual realm, is deeper than your mind will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. In other words, God's grace can now flow freely. Because you've surrendered that to God, God's grace can flow freely. He can tell you what to do about it. But if you abide in worry, if you want to keep that control yourself in pride, then you're cut off from the grace of God. And an equally important surrender to God is surrendering people to God, the people who sinned against you. Yes, you can try and hold them Hold on to them in unforgiveness. You can, as it were, hold them in a prison in your heart. And you don't want to release them because they don't deserve to be forgiven. Uh, but actually, it's you who are the real prisoner. You're, you're imprisoned by your own bitterness. So to forgive is not to say what they did is okay, but it is to release them, to let go of control over them, to surrender them into God's hands. And it's especially important to do this with people who are close to you in your family or close friends, uh, colleagues, because you live with them a lot. And so there's a danger of repeated sin, repeated hurts. And it's that repetition that often causes the bitterness. They, they, they have this habit or they have this way that annoys you. or They constantly do the same kind of thing and, and you can become bitter. And so it says, be careful lest any root of bitterness, and this is a picture again of a weed growing in the garden of your heart. If you don't forgive them, if you just bury it, then that thing starts to put down roots. To start with, you think you can control it. No big deal. But actually, if it's in there, it's hardening your heart toward them. And then if they do something else and something else, that the roots grow stronger and stronger on the inside of you. And... After a bit, you have a root of bitterness. And that's when you, a root of bitterness is when you have a fixed attitude, a fixed negative attitude against them. When it gets really strong, then you tend to believe the worst of them. Um, in fact, you want them to fail. You want them to be punished. They can't do anything right. Um, and you're upset if God blesses them. 
Um, subconsciously, you want them to be punished. But uh, actually, you're punishing yourself. And you form a bitter root judgment in your heart. And now, whatever they do, even if it's the most brilliant thing in the world, you'll, you'll see the negative side of it. And notice it says that this root of bitterness springing up troubles you. There comes a point where the, as this root grows inside you, you become troubled. It begins to show on your face. It, it was hidden before, but now it creates a scowl on your face. You're, you're troubled. You can't sleep properly. You're always thinking about what they did to you. It harasses you. It paralyzes you. You can't focus on other things because you're so consumed. Now this is like a plant that's actually grown above the surface and it can be seen. And it stalks you with negative thoughts and it saps the life out of you. You can't relax because you're consumed by this bitterness. It upsets you. You just have to see the person and, and you're upset. And then it says it gets even worse because as this plant grows, it starts to bear fruit. And people start eating of that fruit. And it's bitter fruit. And it says, many be defiled. And so this is you now. You're so bitter against that person. You go around and any opportunity you have, you gossip about that person. You talk them down. And especially if you hear someone say something good about them, you say, oh, you don't, you don't know like, them, like I know them. Let me tell you what they did. And you're eager to, to, part, to defile others with your bitter fruit. And so people may have no issue against this person. Now suddenly they can hardly talk to them because you have defiled them with your, um, with your bad words. And so you have to deal with the bitterness in your heart because it will only grow stronger. And it hardens your heart and it causes you to fall short of the grace of God. Because your heart is hard, you can't receive God's blessing in your life. And this bitterness will spring up and it will trouble you and it will get worse and worse and it will make you into a bitter person who poisons others who come close to you. And so we don't want that. You know, Jesus said in Luke 17, 1, he said, it's impossible, but the offences will come. Offences will come. Things will happen to try you. And the word offence here is the Greek word skandalos. That's where we get the, the word scandal. It's something that causes you to be scandalized. It, it causes you to, to trip up. Um, it's actually the word for an animal trap. In other words, you're, you're walking along and something happens and now this, you're trapped. And when you uh, allow yourself to get offended, it's like you're this animal who's caught in a trap and you can't escape. Yes, in your heart now you are angry against them and you want to punish them. But actually, it's you now that's trapped. And you now can't do anything in your life because you've been trapped by this offense. So we must be on guard when things happen to refuse to allow ourselves to be trapped, but to forgive quickly. To get free from offense, we have to hate it, hate the bitterness, and hate what it's doing to us. The only way out of the trap is forgiveness. It's a refusal to hold bitter feelings against anyone. You know, there's some things that I find helpful, motivations, if you like, to motivate me to, to forgive quickly. Number one, it helps to remember your own sins, how much you need to be forgiven. The Bible says, receive one another as Christ also received us. In other words, Christ forgave us freely. So much. 
say he, he forgave us a billion pounds worth of sin debt. Can we not forgive someone else 20 pounds worth of sin debt? And secondly, it's, it helps to realize that if you don't forgive, you'll miss out on many blessings. You'll be cut off from the grace of God. In fact, Jesus said that if you don't forgive others, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you. It doesn't mean you're not saved. It just means that you are cut off from the blessing of God. You're not in fellowship with God. So you hurt yourself when you don't forgive. And also, we become an unattractive person when we don't forgive. We, we get twisted every time. If we don't forgive, we get twisted out of shape. And so we need to release that control over that person, release them to God and receive his grace. A third motivation is the judgment seat of Christ. One day we will stand before Christ and give account. And the Bible says that we will receive, James says, we'll receive judgment without mercy if we don't show mercy. So if we are unforgiving towards others, then we'll have a harder judgment. And a fourth reason is that unforgiveness creates sickness in our body. A bitter soul leads to a sick body. And fifthly, and this is a scary one, if you have a bitter root judgment against someone, that will rebound on you. There's a spiritual law, you see, that when you make a judgment on somebody, that judgment will return on you. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he will also reap. Judge not, Jesus said, lest you be judged. The way you judged, the way you judge, you will be judged, it says. It will be measured back to you in the same way. Romans 2.1 actually explains what actually happens. He says, you're without excuse, each one of you that passes judgment. For in that you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. Now, yes, we judge that certain actions are right or wrong, but we're talking about judging the person, punishing the person. When you do that, you actually activate the same thing in your, in your own flesh, which is an interesting thing. In other words, you judge your, especially, say, parents. It's particularly dangerous. You judge your father and mother of something. You will find yourself becoming that same person. That's a scary thing. There was a lady in the, in the church um, of Rick Renner and, uh, who had been badly treated in her youth, but she'd become bitter. But then she got saved. She received a wonderful salvation. Um, but every time something happened to her, um, she become bitter and she keep coming to church. But now she is bitter and she was critical towards everyone, anyone who tried to make friends with her. Um, she put a wall around herself and in her heart she was criticizing everyone for not being friendly to her. But actually she become the most unfriendly person in the church. She become exactly what she had been judging others of being. So we don't want to become that. Matthew 18, Jesus said, Peter came and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. And Peter thought he was doing pretty well with seven. That's repeated sin, you see. That's what causes us to become bitter and judge the other person. Jesus said to him, I don't say to you up to seven times, but 70 times seven. Unconditional forgiveness. Even if you keep yourself pure, though, let me just say this. If somebody keeps sinning against you like this, you will find that the relationship is modified because of the loss of trust. Trust can only be restored if that person is repentant 
and, uh, and realizes their sin and, and so change, then that's great. But what happens if they don't repent? They keep sinning the same way. We've still got to protect our heart against bitterness. We've still got to forgive. Like Jesus, he forgived unconditionally the soldiers on the cross. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. He didn't wait for them to repent. So we still must refuse to harbour bitter feelings against them. Even though, yes, if they continually sin we, and they don't repent, then, of course, we can't trust them as much as we used to. We're not, we're not to make ourselves a doormat. But we need to be forgiving. That's what Jesus is saying. Notice what he says in Luke 17, verse 4. If he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day he returns to you saying, I repent, you, you shall forgive him. So this is the person who hasn't really repented. Seven times in a day they do the same sin. But each time Jesus said, forgive him. Make sure you forgive quickly. Now, the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. In other words, help. Lord, this is beyond our ability. How can we operate in that kind of forgiveness? We need more faith. And Jesus actually answered by saying, you don't need more faith. If you have faith as a mustard seed, in other words, you just need a little bit of faith, then you can say, and then he tells them what they were to say. And notice, in other words, it's not that you don't have enough faith, but you need to use the faith that you've got. And he says, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this sycamore tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea and it will obey you. And I thought it was very interesting the way that the sycamore tree and speaking to the sycamore tree is talked about in the context of forgiveness. And I'm going to explain how that is. They needed to exercise the faith they had. We must put our faith into action. We must release our faith. Otherwise, it's useless. And so faith to forgive grows by hearing and doing the word. We've got to practice forgiveness. And the more you do it, the more you say from your heart, I forgive you, uh, the better you'll get at it. But we need to do the word. And that starts with speaking the word. So if someone just keeps sinning, like Jesus described, seven times in a day, the root of bitterness, that's when the root can really grow, spring up in us. And he tells us how to use our faith so forgiveness does not take us over. Again, he says, you must speak to this sycamore tree. And Jesus is using the sycamore tree as a picture of that root of unforgiveness. This is even talking about even if that bitterness has taken root in your heart and now you've, it's grown up in your heart and it's becoming a full-grown tree. The roots have spread out. The roots have taken over your heart completely. And now your heart is hardened by that sycamore tree. That's a picture of that unforgiveness. But Jesus said you can do something about it. You can speak to that tree and command it to be plucked up by the roots and be removed. And he says it will obey you. So notice he talks about the fact that there are times when that unforgiveness has gone so deep that we need to, it's no good just cutting off the top of the tree because it will just grow back even stronger. You have to uproot it from your heart completely by speaking words of forgiveness and then also speaking words of faith against that root of bitterness in your heart. We want to talk about that. I want to talk first about the sycamore tree itself because the root of the tree of unforgiveness 
or bitterness is compared to a sycamore tree. It's interesting, some things about the sycamore. Its wood was used to make coffins in Egypt. Uh, in other words, bitterness will bury you. It will kill you. It will put you in a coffin. The, 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 this wood was very durable, you see. And unforgiveness is, will, will continue in your heart till you deal with it. This tree grew in all kinds of tradition, uh, conditions, especially dry conditions. And especially if you're spiritually dry, you'll be more vulnerable for unforgiveness to get in your heart. The roots of the sycamore went down deep, so it was quite actually very hard to kill. Um, you had to completely uproot it. And so if you want to get rid of that bitterness, you've got to be radical. Um, otherwise it will grow quickly and take over. The fruit of the sycamore looked a bit like the fig, but it was bitter compared to the fig, just like the fruit of unforgiveness. It was inferior to figs in taste. And often bitterness puts on a re religious disguise, but underneath that it tastes wrong. And so people who eat that fruit become sour. And one interesting thing is that the sycamore could only multiply by a wasp, putting its stinger into the heart of the fruit and fertilizing it. And then the fruit become very poisonous. And that's why they were dresses of sycamore trees. That's Amos was, was one of those in chapter 7, 14. He used a knife to cut the young fruit and that made it impossible for the wasp to fertilize it. You see, if, if you have a root of unforgiveness, um, Satan can put his stinger in it and then he can multiply, fertilize it and make it spread and make it deadly fruit for others to eat. And so we don't want that. We need to cut that. We need to apply the cross to that so that unforgiveness cannot thrive in our life. So how do we remove this tree of bitterness? If we have unforgiveness in your heart, maybe it's just there, it's not showing on, above the surface, but don't allow it to be there because it will grow. Or maybe it's showing above the surface. Maybe you're greatly troubled by this person and it's disturbing you. Maybe it's even come to the point where you're talking evil about them. Maybe it's even become that full-blown tree that's taken over your life. What do we do? First of all, ask forgiveness of God. Confess your sin of bitterness to God. And then speak to that person, forget whether they're with you or not, but say from your heart, I forgive you from the bottom of my heart. That is my decision. It's a gift. Forgiveness is a gift. Forgive. You give forgiveness. They don't deserve it, but it's you give it because Christ forgave you. And then pray for them. Jesus said, pray for those who despitefully use you and hurt you. And when Job prayed for his friends, he was healed. And so pray for them like Jesus prayed on the cross for those who were hurting him. Father, forgive them. Then thirdly, hate that bitterness. Don't let it fester in your heart. The Bible says, hate what is evil and hold fast to what's good. In other words, see that bitterness, that sycamore tree, as your enemy. You're not going to have it in your life. You're not going to accept it in your heart. 
You're going to attack it at its roots. You're going to speak to it at its roots and you're going to command it to be removed from your heart. You can't be half-hearted about it. You've got to see it for what it is and you've got to command it to leave your heart. And so that's the fourth point, which is to cast it out. Jesus said, if you speak to this sycamore tree, you've got to do it. It's your heart. You're in control of your heart. Say to this sycamore tree of bitterness, be plucked up by the roots, be removed and be planted in the sea of forgetfulness. It will obey you, he said. You can remove that unforgiveness from your heart. The reason Peter found it hard to forgive is because he had that root of bitterness perhaps in his heart for, to certain people. But Jesus said, you've got to identify it, you've got to hate it, you've got to speak to it, you've got to remove it. You have the authority in the name of Jesus to command that tree, to command it to go. You have to deal with it, not God. You have to deal with it, but when you do, God will back you up. It's not enough to think it, you have to speak it. Say to the sycamore tree. You know, Jesus said, when you speak to mountains, believe that what you say will come to pass and you will have what you say. In the same way, when you speak to the sycamore tree in your heart, you will have what you say, command it to be removed. And when you do that, it will wither up from the roots and it will remove from your life. I want to pray a prayer and I want you to say this with me. And when it goes silent, that's where you put the name of the person that you want to forgive. Say, Dear Father, I confess my sin of bitterness and unforgiveness. I forgive, say the person, from the bottom of my heart. I pray for his blessing, her blessing and forgiveness. I speak to you, spirit of bitterness. I hate you. I don't want you in my life anymore. You have no right to stay in me because I've decided to forgive. I command you to leave me now. Be uprooted. Be planted in the sea. I have authority over you in Jesus' name, so you must obey. Thank you, Jesus, for setting me free. And once you've released that to God, ask God now to fill you with his presence. Let him take control. Surrender that part of your heart to, to him. Let him take possession of you. Fill me with your spirit, Lord. You know, if an empty house is no good because that evil thing can come back even with worse than before. You have to ask God to fill that part of your heart and take control of it. And then you'll receive his peace and his grace in your heart. And you will be protected now against that bitterness coming back. Be blessed. Amen. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you're my disciples indeed, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And our vision is to spread the in-depth teaching of the Word of God to the ends of the earth. But we need your help. And on our website, oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk, you, you can find the, a way you can help us financially, and we would be so grateful. You can watch more of our teachings on our Oxford Bible Church Roku channel and Derek Walker YouTube channel. You're most welcome to join us at our church services, which are every Sunday at 11am and 6pm at Cheney School, Headington, Oxford, OX3 7QH. You can order CDs, DVDs, books and other great products from our online shop at www.oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk or by calling 01865 515 086.